Welcome, everybody. Last time, Megalad figured out that the base is probably bugged, so he created a slightly sentient piece of code in World of Warcraft and sent it out to warn the rest of the group while being told that he needs to go with the Second Chance Society to Chicago to talk to a senator. While that was happening, Switch went to a place where they could get their personal time caught up with like the time that is supposed to have passed and meanwhile trained in there and also got to the bad brain place. There's all sorts of bad things going on up in that noggin. Instead of brain, there is dark orb. Mm-hmm. Zero continued its recruitment of potential assets to go raid the Bureau of Time Travel and Sundog took a nice date up to the mountains with Tiffany where uh, he has now officially cucked Archibald. So, we're going to start with Switch and Zero. What are you guys doing? Well, the last thing I did at the end of last session was Zero sent me a text message saying that it had read the message I sent it about being done in the time chamber, and also that my dad is at the base. So I'm reading that and thinking about if I want to deal with this right now. And unfortunately, I don't know if I have a choice. So I'm going to teleport to my private area in the base, uh, go into the bathroom, wash my face off a little bit, and then walk out into the main area. Ah, Robin, there you are. Uh, you've been gone quite a while. How are you feeling? Like I got the mask on, so you can't really see the journey my face goes through as I try to come up with an answer. And eventually I just take it off and I'm really busy. Um, I want to see, what's his empathy score? His empathy score is nil. Okay, so <laughs> we're just gonna, uh. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he goes, ah, yes, um, is this a bad time? Do you want me to come over later? Um, I'll, I'll call you. Alright, um. Sorry. No, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, he walks over and sees if you're okay to get, to receive a hug. Yeah, I'll hug him. Yep. It's a shame his empathy score is zero, so he won't be able to detect that the hug is different than normal. Yes. And he goes, oh, uh, be good. I, I, I love you. Yeah, love you too. And at that point, Steiner leaves. Turn to zero. All right, where are we at? The professor has declined to take direct part in the raid. However, I still require your assistance in convincing the Mad Magpie. 
Understood. Give me just a moment. Go back into the private area, access my super secret hidden vault of sentimental collectibles, and get the, the compact that I use as the signal. Come back out. This'll be how we get in touch with her. Understood. Are you ready to go right now? I am capable of doing so, yes. Before you leave, the big computer, currently Reagan is not situated there because her shift is over, just does the Pokemon thing where it goes ring, 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 phone call, phone call. It just keeps doing that over and over. I click on whatever is causing that to happen. A stylized emoji pops up on the screen and goes, hello. I'm a sentient bit of AI programmed by Megalad. How are you doing? Acceptable. What fresh hell is this? This fresh hell is here to give you a warning. And the warning is this. And instead of an emoji, the screen turns into like a simple like black screen with the green text thing and, and the text says the base is bugged. I drop the compact in shock. Well, my job is done. It is now my duty to delete myself. I hate my father, for he cursed me with this gift and curse of life, only to make it end so quickly. Goodbye. And it, the computer turns back to normal. The whole time it's going on, I'm just like turning my body away from the computer and my hands are going up into my hair. So, quite a few things are racing through the amalgamated decision-making matrix that Zero uses instead of a brain. First, disbelief. Because it is very concerned about security. And that concern certainly extends to the base itself. And I would at least assume that it is very thorough about keeping that security up, even when I, the player, don't necessarily bring it up out loud. Followed by several theories run through one after another, developing hypotheses. How could this happen? Is it possible to get past the security sweeps I perform? Are there holes that I am unaware of? Are there techniques that may have been used that I am incapable of dealing with? And when enough evidence of this sort is assembled, something akin to indignation enters its mind as it realizes it has been outplayed by someone. <laughs> and following that, it runs through several scenarios of how can we use this knowledge? What changes with this information? How can this bug be used against its creators? How much information about the raid has been shared and therefore compromised within the building 
eventually conclusions are drawn. And all of this happens within the space of milliseconds. And so, after Robin drops the compact, Zero turns around, walks over, picks it up, puts it back in their hand and says, You really should avoid dropping things that are so important. By all means, please use it right away. Shake my head, just to, just a quick get it out. I grab Nikolai around the wrist and I pop us to the highest point in the city. It is the middle of the night, so this is going to take a little bit longer than usual to find a bit of light I can reflect off of it, but I pop it back open, find a spot that will actually reflect off of it. Zero, your ocular processors are inhumanly powerful, I assume. You can tell that there's something very strange about the light that comes off of the mirror inside. Yeah. And eventually, you are abducted, classic alien style, into a ship that is does not exactly exist in this dimension. And you are greeted by the Mad Magpie, who is, as a reminder for the listeners at home, a snake-like alien with a humanoid torso that has four arms and the face is upside down so the mouth is on the top and the eyes are on the bottom and she says hello robin it is nice to meet you again yeah it's been a while and who may i ask is this fantastic specimen of technology. You may refer to me as Zero. I have come to request your assistance. I see. And what may I help you with, Zero? I seek to dismantle a agency which I believe First of all, oversteps the boundaries it should maintain. And second, is compromised by a very avaricious supervillain based on Earth. And which one would that be? The organization is known as the Time Bureau. The supervillain is known as the Transistor Tyrant. That is correct. To act against Archibald Doffey is akin to suicide in most cases. That is true. However, should he succeed at his current plan, then to avoid working with Archibald would become suicidal. The Time Bureau seeks to impose 
control over the very time stream. Something I believe that you, as an extraterrestrial, would not wish humanity to have sole control over, let alone someone like Archibald de Fay. That is why I seek to dismantle it. The issue at hand and the flaw in your logic is this. I do not exist in your dimension. The only thing I would truly care to lose are the many things I would like to collect and the few friends that I have made here. Most of which can handle themselves or contact me if they wish to escape. There is no reason for me to act against Archibald Duffet. Even given the understanding that control over time includes to some extent control over the multiverse. To some extent, yes. It is a simple matter of finding a dimension where he was never born or never rose to prominence and therefore avoid his wrath entirely. This would assume that he would not wish to destroy such an option. Archibald Dothay is very powerful, but I do not think he is that powerful. Not yet. Alpha. Yes, Rob. Let's make a deal. What kind of deal? Well, first you're going to start by listening to what Zero actually wants of you. Very well. Go on, Zero. What do you want from me? As a humanocentric agency, and as someone entirely concerned with Earth. I believe that alien technology may be used as a way of lateral thinking in order to disrupt the Time Bureau's defenses. Your physical presence is not strictly required. However, as much technological assistance as you can provide as strange as the assistance, by human standards, as it is possible to get, would be beneficial to my cause. I would need to have specifics for what you are looking for, but I believe this could be helpful. And in exchange, she kind of eyes you over, up and down, and starts, like, sort of slithering around you, taking in... Alpha, eyes over here. No, no, no. I want some of you. Our NC-12 project is off the ground. You're welcome to, uh, request an entire version of myself. 
that is not what I said. I want some of you. What I am is an unstable prototype. That makes you far more interesting in my eyes. Can we get some sort of negotiation role? Uh, I have not studied the Mad Magpie, so um, I'll have to come up with a stat for her. That would, let's see, what what skill should we use? Um, you could just make it a specific number. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what role I wanted to. I was thinking before. Yeah, before. If, if you're having. Nikolai roll to convince her of something, she will be rolling will if you want to make it a contested roll. Yeah, it's going to be uh, your rapport versus her will. Let's see, she's a supporting NPC, so that means her skill will cap out at six, but just saying, oh, she has six is a little cheap, so I'll make it four. Uh, so go ahead and roll report. All right. Oh dear. Okay. Are you gonna do anything about that? I believe so. Uh, keep in mind, I am present to provide a plus one to rapport. So that is currently a two. All right. Think of nothing else. I'll spend one fake point on. Sentient Colony of Nanites brings me up to four in total. Okay. And I will just say that this is not an issue of bodily autonomy in Nikolai's eyes. It is actively convinced that what the magpie would want more is the finished product of NC-12 rather than just a tiny bit of NC-11. Okay, so are you stopping at four? Yes. Because, like I said, this isn't really a serious problem for it. She looks you over and she goes, In history, for the most part, it is always the first and the imperfect that is more desirable amongst my kind. I want. Glance over at Robin. Glance back at the magpie. I shrug at the glance. To sort of pull off my pinky finger, stare at it for a bit, and hand it over. It will not be able to do much. That is fine. She slithers over, finds some sort of containment unit, puts the finger in there, and closes it shut, and it is perfectly sealed at a molecular level. That pinky finger and the nanites that look contained within will not be able to escape. Right. Just to mention, first thing I did was obviously clear the software Yeah. off those nanites. Second thing was, uh, as soon as it was set down, it transformed into this tiny version of Nikolai striking a heroic pose. 
<laughs> Love it. Originally, I was going to have it sit widthways, but when she sees that it's turning into a little person, she stands it up upright so that way the pose can be better. And she says, When you know specifics on what you need, do not hesitate to let Robin know what you need. They will contact me and I will provide. Primarily, what I am looking for is the ability to avoid temporal alterations and preserve existence against paradox. That will take me some time to find in my collection. I believe I do have something like that, but it is quite large. Do give me some time, but I will deliver it. Your assistance is appreciated. And your addition to my collection is appreciated as well. Is there anything else either of you require? No, not right now. I am going to have Alva have an empathy score because that would be good to have in negotiations and stuff. I'm gonna roll if she just. I'm only gonna give her a plus one, so there is a chance that if she just gets a negative number, then she fails. Yep, she got a negative number. She doesn't realize anything's wrong with you. Humans are weird. Rip. Rip. Ah, it's the middle of the night time. Humans are diurnal animals. Yes. These weird upside down face monkeys are just inscrutable. <laughs> they eat with their <laughs> mouths. It's so weird. But yeah, if you're all done, she very gently sets you back where she originally picked you up. Robin. Shall we go speak at the bunker? Yep, I was having the same sort of thought. Grab Nikolai. Calculator puts us in the bunker. Alright, I think that's a good place to pause you guys for right now and move over to Megalad. Me, Captain Megalad the third. The third? Who were the first two Megalads? The young Megalad and old Megalad. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, you are on a plane to Chicago, and we're gonna kind of skim over the specifics here, but basically, you and Bruce Tarford are on a plane with Elaine and she is basically telling you, you guys are going to be her bodyguards as she goes to talk to Senator Potts of Illinois. Uh, he lives in Chicago. He specifically lives in a well-to-do area of Chicago. He basically has a nice penthouse apartment in River North, which is a neighborhood close to their downtown area, which they call the Loop. And she basically says that she's going to be doing most of the talking. You guys are just to stand there and just be good, shining examples of what the Second Chance Society does. Hmm. So, what does Megalad think of Chicago when they get into the car and start driving into the city proper from the airport? Uh, 
I have never been to Chicago. Um, and I know absolutely nothing about Chicago, so... Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's I mean, so, because city. I've actually been to Chicago a couple times because I have an uncle who used to live there. It's like it's Ohio, but New York at the same time. Wow, that, that <laughs> and helps. if you put ketchup on a hot dog, they will shoot you. I appreciate you're trying, but none of that information helps me. Okay, picture like picture what you picture in your head when you think of New York City as exposed to by like Hollywood and all of that crap. Okay. Now Done. imagine everyone in there is also like more high strung and talks like this. Stop, bears. Cause I hate Chicago. <laughs> also, it's colder. It snows more. Uh, and it's somehow bleaker. That's that's that was my experience of Chicago the few times I've been there. Okay, um, in that case, I not only hate Chicago, but it makes me think a little less of America. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Elaine's just looking out the window and it's like, ah, I love this city. I just absolutely love it. I grew up here, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm Cubs fan through and through. Yeah, baseball. <laughs> I'm surprised you actually knew that. This is both her speaking in character and me speaking out of character. Baseball. <laughs> What's that football team? The Bears. Oh, the Bears. The uh, Bears. No, that's, that's not. That's their American football team. Anyway, you get you go to this guy's apartment building. It's like I said, located pretty close to downtown. So the taller buildings are everywhere. There's construction going on and you meet up with him. And he is a rather young man. He's one of the younger senators currently in the uh, in the house. And when you get there, he's in the middle of packing. And Elaine goes, hello, Senator Potts. I'm Elaine Pelfrey and these are my associates. Gary Archer and Bruce Tarford and Senator Potts goes, uh, yeah, hi, hello. Um, he shakes uh, Bruce's hand. He goes, whoa, that's a pretty iron grip you got. And Bruce kind of goes, eh, a little heavier than iron, but yeah. And then he goes to shake your hand as well. Okay. Do you give a good handshake, a strong handshake? Do you want to give them like the fucking limp, most limp You could also just like completely fucking ignore him. Yeah, you could. Just, just stare at him. But this guy works for the Democratic Party, which means that, that he's on the good side of your two right-wing parties. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker got jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, didn't uh, d didn't we make a whole surfer-wide pact? Are we, are, is that dead? Are we going to start taking shots? Uh, no, like you're allowed to make fun of the Democrats. <laughs> like, we're allowed to make fun of the Tories. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> allowed to do, we're allowed to do that much. Political parties. Our... Political far parties are fair game. <laughs> All right. Our spineless cowards are better than your spineless cowards. I'm going to start drafting some absolute haymakers about labor. Oh. <laughs> Did you almost say political farties? 
No, but I wish I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give him, uh, I'll give him a strong handshake. You know, I, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, I'm powerful. I'm Megalan. Yep, he uh, he gives you a pretty good handshake in return. So, Senator Potts, uh, we are here to talk about the upcoming vote for the new director of the DHEA. And he goes, yeah, we're having an emergency meeting on Monday, meaning I have to fly out tomorrow in order to get to DC and be rested on time. Um, can we please hurry this up? I'm very busy. Of course, of course, of course, I'm sorry. It's just, we heard that you were going to vote to keep that from happening too quickly. And he goes, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and pass a motion. I think we're acting out of fear and that we need to consider our options rather than giving it to a guy who is just going to remilitarize things. And she goes, of course, of course. We just, we here, we at the Second Chance Society think that Matthew Mason is the perfect candidate. And, you know, she starts talking him up and everything and it's it's about like 10 minutes later go ahead and roll a notice roll please okay that's a seven yo all right oh yeah okay so you happen to look outside the window and on the other building you see about three figures Two of them, well, they're all wearing the traditional goldenrod in blue. All three are carrying swords, but the other one, as opposed to wearing the grunt uniforms, is wearing like these flowing sort of robe deals and has these clawed gloves and is holding a katana and has like a more metallic helmet on. And this figure pulls out a grappling hook looking thing, shoots it onto the roof of your building, connects it to their roof, and all three start ziplining through and crash through the window and draw swords. What do you do? Am I? I can't remember if I'm here to kill the senator or to protect the senator. You are here to protect Elaine. But Um. Elaine does act freaked out in this screaming for help when they crash through. Right then, uh, in that case, seeing as I saw them coming, let's let's put a cheeky moat around the Senator and Elaine. All right. Do you have... Okay. Let's spend a fit point and roll blast to defend anyone as long as it comes. Okay. So the visual effect is that they are now surrounded by blue energy. Right. At this point, a couple of guys dressed in suits and wearing sunglasses burst in. They have guns and it you can definitely tell that this is uh Potts's security detail. So they're not here they're not here to kill him. They just heard the noise going on and they are one hundred percent here to help. Yeah, Me- Megalath can tell the difference between assassins and the Secret Service. Yes. He seeks Hey uh, real quick hmm. maybe don't mutter through that stunt considering this is maximum the second time it's come up. Ah, yes. I have spent a fake point. I can roll blast to defend either of those two against any incoming damage as long as I keep my attention on it. Making an attack... Oh, that's, that, that last bit needs to go. That's not how stunts work. Yes. 
Uh, ignore that... the last sentence. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Stunts are powerful, as it turns out. Yes. By the way, the bodyguards technically are mob NPCs, and they do have a stunt. However, is the... it get down, Mr. President? It has Pretty to get... much. Yeah. Yeah, like they their their stunt is that as long as they're within the same attack range as the person they're defending, they can just take the damage instead. Regardless, the two grunts are going to actually move for pots there, so they're going to try and attack, so you get to roll to defend. Okay. It has to be with blast. And I'm remembering their stunt this time. They have a stunt called Opening Gambit, which is the first attack they do in a scene is at a plus two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you subtract three from that, but I'll also have him roll. He does not have anything that could help, so it's just going to be flat. I will not count penalties against him. Oh, okay. So he reduces it by a total of four. So it's three, so he's already at a mild consequence because he only has two physical tick boxes. A mild one is going to be called a cut up. Keep in mind, Colin, that the consequence doesn't eat the whole thing because it's a minor, it subtracts it by two, and then he has to tick his first box as well. Yes, yes, correct. All right, and then the leader is going to move over and start swinging at you. And I'm going to spend a fate point to activate her stunt immediately. So she gets to attack twice. You get to roll separately to defend. So the first one is a four. Do you want what do you want to roll to defend against that? I guess because I've seen them using the swords. Does the sword look like hell metal? Yeah, it looks like heck metal. Oh, in that case, I'm going to punch it with my metal arm. Okay, yeah, you successfully defend. And here comes her second attack. Uh, That should be a four. So go ahead and roll your defense against that one. Okay. That is a ten. (laughs) Oh, that's deception. Hang on, let me me do that again. That's that's five, that's six. Okay. Okay. I want to keep that deception roll. That counts. (laughs) That is is the first double-digit roll of the campaign, I think. I think so. I'm absolutely banking that. I know that's not a thing. I'm allowed to do it. Take this away from me, Colin. I just, uh, I'm picturing in my head Megalad convincing the sword that it's already swung. <laughs> no, you already hit me. Oh, I'm not good. You missed. And oh, all right. To finish up NPC actions, I'm going to have Bruce go. Bruce rips off his shirt, turns into some sort of like metallic being, like his skin turns into like this steel-colored alloy, and he moves up to one of the uh, grunts and just fucking swings. So... Was was the dripping of uh, ripping off of the shirt entirely incidental? No. He did that on purpose. Yeah, but was it, like, necessary? No. No, it wasn't. He just likes to fight shirtless. So, first of all, they get to defend against that. Okay, so they don't take any damage, and also he needs to roll physique, which is actually pretty good. Yep, he's fine. The heck metal does not armor does not affect him. Now it is your turn. Uh, I was gonna say what I've 
in terms of defending, what I did was I grabbed the sword, and when I see her trying to swing the other, what I do is I just grab the sword and use it to throw her across the room. Okay. She's still up. If you, so it is now yeah. actually your turn, so what do you want to do? So. Yeah. I, I yell at the uh, Secret Service to get both of the non-combatants out of the room. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I don't need to roll for that. No, you don't. And then I am just going to... Okay, know. you are rolling fight? Yeah, I am rolling fight. I am going to punch this woman in the head. Okay. She is going to roll fight in return to defend. Do you want to spend a fate point to move that up to a success? Because right now you're succeeding at a cost. And the cost will be basically you are also going to be taking... The, uh, this is combat, Colin. No oh, stress oh. is dealt, but oh. Megalad gets a boost. Okay. Assuming Namtab does not want to spend a fate point. I have less of them nowadays. Um, I will spend one this time. Okay. I think Love's Fight will do the trick in terms of the aspect. I will not spend a fate point to undo that, so she's going to mark her second physical box. Unless you want to spend more to do more, but I doubt it. I think that'll be fine. All right. So the grunts are going to move and try and attack the senator. However, at this point, the bodyguards are already on them and moving them away. So the bodyguards are going to intercept. And one of them is going to be cut to ribbons as the other two are like escorted out and the door is slammed behind them. So that's the grunt's turn. K, seeing that you're a bit more than she bargained for is going to go attack Bruce so she is going to spend another fate point to attack him twice the second one he definitely gets through but uh, the first one hits him for his third stress box alright so now it's your turn again unfortunately there's still secret service agents in the room so I can't just talk her out of this Fucking grab her by the ankle and huck her out of the room. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Just throw her out a goddamn window. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Done. All right, she's going to roll athletics to try and uh, avoid your grab. She gets a six. Yeah, I'm not, um, not going to spend fate to oppose that. All right, so, uh, yeah, you try to grab her, and she just sort of, like, flips over you and pulls her katana up as getting ready to attack you again. Bruce, however, is going to go sucker punch her. He's going to fucking try and clock her. Okay, she does take one physical stress as she is basically punched in the head. It's your turn again. Okay, I mean, uh, let's see, sucking the pelt or whatever they're called. Pelf, elf. Stress. Yeah, uh, they don't want this woman captured, presumably. Or maybe they do. I'm too stupid to think through. (laughs) You were looking for... Pedal. Pedal, yeah. Uh, I figured they'd probably want her thrown out a window. Okay, she's going to roll athletics again to try and avoid that. <laughs> okay, so you can spend your boost. No, no, you didn't get a boost. You, you chose to succeed. Yeah, so you so get a boost. This, since this is an overcome rather than an attack, this will succeed at a minor cost. Okay, so do you want to succeed at a minor cost? Yeah, she can slice me as she goes out the window. Yeah, that's basically it. You grab her, she stabs you in the side, and she's then thrown out the window. Take your first physical box. 
Okay, um, to be clear, I am throwing her at a building. Okay. No, no, that's stupid. I'm just going to throw her as as uh, far as possible. I'm basically going for Team Rocket blasting off again. <laughs> and I can throw pretty hard. All right. Can I roll to see how hard I throw? Yeah, go ahead and just roll fight again. She goes that far. Six far. Oh, that's deception again. It's five. She goes five it's far. Five. <laughs> she goes five far. Um, she gets pretty close to hitting a skyscraper and she reaches for her belt, clicks it and teleports away. And at this point, the other two grunts are like, oh shit. And they also click their belts and teleport away. I really should go check on Elaine, but then again, a man did get cut up in front of me. So let's check on that secret service agent. Uh, he did. You don't need to need to make a medical roll. The cut is deep. He has bled out. He is dead, but he did his job. That's what he was hired to do was to make sure someone else lives. That's why your body got dead. Mm, dead um, as hell. What shoes he got on? I guess I'll just sort of pat the other two on the shoulder and say, good job. This man was a hero. For what little it helps. And then I'm going to go to find Elaine and the guy before they get into more trouble. It doesn't take you long to find them. They manage to get out of the building and they're standing like away just to make sure that they're still close enough to you guys to be protected in case more do come after them and she is already working her magic she's like and this is why you need to vote for matthew mason because if you don't these kinds of attacks will keep happening and he is prime and ready to up the security of our nation and do what needs to be done to protect its people all right all right fine i'll vote for mason now will you I we need to, I need to go. I need to go. Of course, of course. And please allow me. Bruce, Bruce, can you come out here please? And Bruce is coming out. He's buttoning his shirt back up and readjusting his tie. She goes, Bruce, if you could please be a personal bodyguard for Senator Potts for the foreseeable future. And he goes, On it, ma'am. Right, um, I can't pay for it. No, 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 no. Consider this a freebie. This is my gift to you. You can borrow Mr. Tarford until such a time you see, feel safe. No charge. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, we should go. And uh, Bruce nods and they start heading out. One of the other Secret Service members... Well, the other Secret Service members, like, they sort of hang back and, like, call the police just to, you know, get everything settled and make sure that they don't think they killed one of their buddies with a sword. And in fact, I don't think the senator would also be leaving like that. He would have to stay for a statement either way. It's funnier if they imagine that they just leave the body there and then later, like, a janitor comes up and sweeps it into a basket. <laughs> completely unceremoniously after statements are given and is just you and Elaine on the uh, trip back to Halcyon she goes Gary I cannot tell you how sorry I am that we did not tell you ahead of time that that was happening but you have to understand your reaction needed to be pure it needed to be genuine do you understand? 
Yeah, um, probably need to see the doctor again though. I'm slightly cut up. It's fine. It's you'll be fine. Hold on, just a moment. And she puts a finger up to her ear. She goes, "Yes, eh? Uh huh. Yes, the plan worked brilliantly. Yes, yes, we have Senator Potts on our side now. Uh, Mason will likely be voted in probably Monday. Mm hmm." Oh. Oh, I see. I will let him know. All right. All right. Bye. She hangs up, takes her earpiece out, sets it down, crushes it just to make sure that it can't be traced back. Bradford Arlen is alive. Okay. We don't know where he is, but that's why we have you. Can you can you do us a favor and find him? Have you checked hospitals? I imagine he's probably in a hospital. Gary, can't you just find people? Isn't that one of your powers? That was the old guy. <sighs> okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, hmm. Does put a hitch in our plans. We will need to start finding him immediately. Anyway, on to second chance society business. Um, can I? Can I just ask a favor first? You can ask, of course, and I'll be glad to see if I can accommodate you. If I'm going to keep being put into situations where I'm going to have to punch hell metal, I motion to my metal arm, this thing's probably going to need a bit of reinforcement. Does the Second Chance Society know a guy? We know a guy, yes, yes. But before that, before that, what's the situation on trying to find Sam? Oh. He's a tough. He's a tough lad. He can take it. Yeah, I, I'll give the address. Oh, good, good, good! You found him. You found him. Uh, she pulls out her phone. She goes, "Yeah, hi. Yes. Um, could you send a team to? She gives the address and uh, extract Sam for us and make sure that he follows proper protocol immediately. Thank you. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see about upgrading your arm." Sundog. That's me. That's you. How's your date going? Uh, as we established last time, it went pretty well. <laughs> All right. So it's the second day that you're there and you take a couple of the harder hills. Tiffany's gotten her ski legs back under her. So she's like doing well again. And it's around like the late afternoon, early evening where you are in the resort area with the fireplace and all of a sudden the door bursts open and 
in Rides, and Rides is appropriate on a feral warthog of sorts. Big, it's a hog of some sort big enough to ride is a grown man wearing mostly purple, but it's got like a white V on the midsection spandex suit with a bear symbol on it. He's wearing a purple mask. He's got this really weird shaved stubble stylized. So it's like lines going horizontally through his face. He holds a whip and flanked around him are what you can only describe as a punk hyena and a caveman tiger person. And he says, hello, I am here to absolve all you rich people of your treasures. Please, please, please do not try any of the heroics. If the sooner you give up all your valuables, the sooner that we will be done with this. Thank you. And people just like sort of look at each other weird and he's snaps his fingers and the hyena man just like goes over to the desk and like slams it so hard that it breaks and he goes I'm not kidding and at this point people start like taking off like rings and such they're reaching into their purse and this guy's just riding around on this warthog in here and the uh the two big guys are standing at the door making sure nobody escapes what do you do well first thing I do is wonder how he got a warthog into New York at this time of year. Carefully. Second, I'm just like, uh, really? Tiffany looks at you and she's like, you know, it's not every day that I remember that you're a superhero, but maybe. Yeah. Okay. Stay down. Don't do anything rash. I'll try not to. I pull out one of the like the little collapsible mask that I keep in my pocket and just slip it on and then I just leap, just big dramatic leap. It's like right in front of the Beastmaster. Okay, I'm actually genuinely interested in to know how you got a warthog up here. Very carefully! And uh, <laughs> he starts brandishing his whip and he's going to make an attack against you. So I'll say that you get to go first. So what do you do? I'm going to guess that this dude is outside of like possible animal control, just a guy with a whip. So I'm going to prioritize the two beast men who like might be something of an actual threat first. I want to just grab the warthog by the tusks and yank it out from under Beastmaster here and then throw it at the hyena if that is at all possible. I mean, you can try. He is going to roll to defend. Now, I will say this because I am pitting you against so many dudes. One, the Beastmen count as one character. They share all their stats, so they don't get to go twice. They are, for all intents and purposes, one entity. For two, both of them have their skills capped out at plus four. Nita. However, he is going to roll his best stat to try and avoid that, which is drive, which is what I'm using t- for him to control the Warthog. Guess I'm gonna roll fight? Yes. Do fight, yeah. Whoa! <laughs> oh, you did good. You did a I good did, roll. I did really good. I did uh, a pretty decent roll, but that's a real good roll. I can't... I can't contest that. Alright, yeah, you try to uh, grab the tusks, and he yanks on the, uh, the tuft of hair on the warthog and it just sort of 
moves it away, so you just grab air, and in retaliation, he is going to attack, and he has a stunt that as long as he is mounted on some sort of animal, he may use drive instead of fight in combat. So he's going to use drive to basically have the warthog swing its head back and try and, like, smack you. Okay. So you need to defend against the five. All right. I would like to just leap up, do a flip over the warthog's head, and just kind of, like, palm the warthog's head as I flip over. Okay. Yeah. I match a five. You match a five. So he gets a free boost that he gets to use against you at a later time. And at this point, he goes... Excuse me, hyena and tiger, come help! I'm being attacked! And uh, the other two big guys, they move over and they're going to tag team you. One by grabbing you, the other one by like just like ramming their fist into your stomach. So that's my fancy way of saying they're rolling fight. I'm going to put up a physical wall of light, just kind of like no so not even react, just a wall of light appears. Wow, that's a real bad roll. I wasn't going to re-roll that one. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, holy shit, that is... Mm, that's four negatives. Spend the fate point on that one. Uh, Sunny D, because I would not fuck that up. I am better than that. <laughs> there. Okay. Better. Yep. Not great, but better. So they look real confused when they like move over and like a wall of light comes up and they just sort of like slam their fists against it. It's they slam pretty hard. They're not weak, but uh, they are definitely not the most intelligent of people that you've met. And so that was all the NPC's turns. So go ahead. What are you going to do? Okay. I'm going to drop the wall of light and just like spinning back kick both of them. <laughs> both of the beast men. All right. Because they're like momentary like, what? Uh -huh. That's another three. It's like kicking a wall. You kick into the tiger he doesn't move. He just sort of like looks at your foot and you go, no, no, I think you misheard me. I said, hi-ya, and you do it again and he just keeps looking at you. Get to tell me what I do. Okay. Just like, uh, oh, you're actually something of a threat. Cool. <laughs> In that case, the beastmen are going to go first and uh, he's just going to try and reach and grab you. So he's going to roll fight. I'm rolling really well today. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to ask you to give up your GM dice. Give me up the cheat dice, please. Okay. No, the cheat dice is when I roll in secret. Mm. Keep in mind, they are just grabbing you. Yeah, all right. dodge and weave. Okay. What is with the rolls? Uh, I should yeah. definitely be doing better than that. Yeah, they grab you, and the Tiger Man like puts you in a um, full Nelson and then the hyena man just grabs your legs and they just sort of like hold you so that like you're hammocked between them. Hmm. Not an ideal position to be in. No. At this point, the Beastmaster considers you done and is just going to keep moving around and collecting valuables. So what do you do? Well, I'm going to hope that my rolls don't suck and that I can... And also that all these crunches I did paid off. I'm just gonna like do a really big crunch to try to flip the tiger man over my head. And just, I, I, like, I'm pretty sure that violates uh, several laws of physics, but I'm going to attempt it anyway. And I'm going to hope I do good rolls. I hope I, the bad rolls do not keep coming. Okay. Okay, the good rolls happen now. I will say that in order to even try and avoid this, I can't just tough it out because this is 
weird. So they're going to try and roll athletics, which they don't have a plus one yet. They can't possibly beat it, at the very least. You succeed with style, actually. So, yeah, you basically swing the one big guy into the other big guy, and they collapse Core abdominal a- muscles, just like, like a massive fucking crunch, and just swing the tiger into the hyena. All right, so I will say that they don't get it to move this round. You didn't deal any damage, but like your benefit is basically they don't get to act this time. And uh, the Beastmaster goes, I thought I already took care of you. And he smacks the hog's rump and it starts charging you. So that is his attack. He's going to be rolling drive. He gets a five. What do you do? Sidestep him. If okay, I can. Okay, go ahead. Athletics. It's like last minute. Okay. Stop bad rolls. Reroll that. That's three minuses. <laughs> Alright, also... Okay, fast All Alright. That's three minuses. Okay. Do I want to use my boost against you? The answer is yes. So, mark your second stress box, and he is... He basically pins you against the wall. And he goes... Well, 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 I did not want to have to come to this, but if I have to kill you in order to rob these very rich people, I will do so. Where are you from? What is your accent? I am from, and then there's a crash of an urn somewhere, and you completely miss where he's from. Uh, Okay. I want to conjure the image of a big lion charging the warthog. Okay. Go ahead and roll deception. He is going to roll empathy, which he does not have. So he's going to roll flat. You need to beat one. Hmm. That's a tie. I believe you would get a boost because you are the instigator of this roll. Unless you want to spend a fate point and succeed. I'm not sure what aspect I would invoke for re-rolling that, to be honest. Because I already used Sunny D once. No, you can use it. It's different rolls. You don't have, it's not per C, oh, it's okay. per roll. Oh, okay. Never mind yeah. then. Then I'll, yeah, I'll... Are you See, rolling or are you uh, just giving yourself... two minuses and a zero. Or, um, yeah, I'll just give myself a plus. Yes. All right. Yeah, the warthog gets spooked and it makes a squeeing sound. It rears up and uh, the Beastmaster falls off and the hog runs back through the door, came in and out into the wild. And he's like, no, come back. Come, it was a fake. It was a... Uh, At this point, the big guys get back up and they start fighting. Like, they start pushing at each other and like speaking in some Eastern European language that you don't understand, and they start actually going at it, and he he's like, stop! I command you all to stop! Why is nobody listening? Uh, what do you do? It's your turn! Um... He spends his entire turn trying to get control of the situation. I want to, like, take his whip and just like, hog-tie him with it. <laughs> okay, roll fight? There's nothing... He has no skill to... Okay, finally, the good rolls. Well, okay. You succeed with style. There's nothing I can do. Well, I could spend a fate point. 
So we'll see. We'll see what I roll. You succeed with style. <laughs> That's a zero versus a seven. That's a zero. There's, there's nothing. So you basically tie him up and he starts cursing in the same language as the other two. So he's done. But the two big guys, they kind of realize, oh, shit, we're in the middle of something. And they start moving towards you again. What do you do? Uh, okay, you two. I'm having like a bit of an off day, but I'm getting my group back. Uh, we could draw this out and you guys could go to jail or you could just leave. And actually, I know some like sewer mutants who would take you guys in. You would fit in pretty well in that community. Disappear. No questions asked. All right, go ahead. And Everybody walks away except for this dude. And I'm pretty sure we'll probably have to go find that warthog because I don't think they are built for the snow. <laughs> You're trying to get, I think prov it, this is provoke. It's technically provoked because you're in combat, so that they're going to roll their will, which is nothing versus your provoke. Okay. Well, they get a, get a minus, minus one. one. If I can beat a minus one, oh man, I don't know what the way I've been rolling. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna cut in and say you are in fact allowed to roll rapport during combat, but uh, I don't oh, think it well, matters. That's a six then. Okay. Just for extra stunting on. Okay, they look at each other and they start walking out. Like the hyenas in the front, in front end, the tigers in the back end. As they're walking, like, out, uh, the, ti the, the tiger just like sort of pushes. Say, like, hold on, I, I, I gotta tell you, like how to actually find them, because they're in over in New York. They don't listen. They're too busy getting into it. They're, so like he, the tiger pushes the hyena. The hyena turns around, just like snaps, and they start doing that thing where they're like sibling fighting as as I leave you keep saying getting into it yeah I'm like they're fucking <laughs> here in the middle of a combat so no that's getting it on thank you Abe. yes no they, anyway, they it's just like I'm just watching them leave it's, it's funnier if they just start leaving just, without having any idea where they're going just walking out into the snow in the mountains of upstate New York with no idea of where they are, possibly not even speaking the local language. And I'm just like, eh, they'll be fine. <laughs> hey, buddy. So, a little bit off my game. I'm a little rusty here, but that was still like a kind of bad showing. Did you have an actual plan for when, you know, anybody else besides me showed up or I how to get... I spit on your eye! And he spits... I'm wearing and, and... I'm wearing a mask, you <laughs> idiot. Oh, no, no, he spits. He doesn't quite make it up to eye, so it just sort of, like, lands on your chest a little bit. Okay, first of all, gross. Second, I'm wearing a mask, so... Fine, I spit on your left breast! Ha! Hmm! What a weird way to say that. Okay. Um, yeah, this is just embarrassing for everyone. This is embarrassing for everyone is the best way I can describe this whole thing. Several people agree. <laughs> in the crowd, they just... I am diminished for having, for having participated in this. More people agree. You have also, like, interrupted my vacation and my date. So I'm just kind of annoyed at you and I'm going to just I don't know I'm going in fact I'm going to sit on you until the cops arrive and arrest you I don't care get 
Just to make this worse for everyone. Your large, your large butt is ruining my back. Hmm. I'm not even gonna quip about that. That's how little I respect you. He yells at you the entire time it takes the cops to arrive, but they do. At some point, I would just like muzzle him with like a hard light muzzle, just to make <laughs> him be quiet. Eventually, the cops and the DHEA arrive because like he might have superpowers. Of like, does he have superpowers? And the DHEA guy. Super goes, embarrassing. Okay. Okay. But aside from that, does he have like any actual powers? I doubt very much. All yours, and cop goes Possible over animal suggestion? Maybe? Man. Like, he did tame a warthog? Yeah. I guess I think that was... A, I'm not sure what that was. Yeah, we've got animal control out there looking for it. Oh, rad. But yeah, you have the right to remain silent. Anything, you starts reciting his rights to him as they are walking out. And Tiffany walks up and goes, Okay, well, um... That was... That happened. Yeah. A little that, bit, like I said, I, I haven't actually gotten out and done any proper fighting in a while, and it shows, because that was... That could have caught... That should have been, like, just, like... That should have been, like... Bop, done. Just, like, that should have not been anything. He only seemed marginally more dangerous than Mr. Melt. Yeah. Yep. I should go on patrol more. I mean, I've been busy recently with everything, but still, I should go on patrol more, get, like, the, shake all the cobwebs out, because that should not even have been remotely threatening at all. <sighs> if our vacation date could have been interrupted, it could have at least been a cool villain, and not Spantex rides around on a hog, carries a whip guy. I don't know, the fact that he got a hog up this far in the mountains is pretty impressive. Yeah, unless he just, like, drove it in a truck or something. Which... There is a... When you look at there is a truck there that you didn't notice before, and it is big enough to house a hog. That size. Hmm. Where do you even get a warthog question mark? How did he... Is that... Did he steal it from the zoo? It was really big. Yeah, it was... Are you supposed to get that big? I know, like, normal hogs can get large, like the, you know, standard pig can get that big. You know, wild hogs can get... Feral, you know, feral hogs can get that large. I think warthogs don't get that typically large, so maybe some sort of crossbreed? I have no idea. Genetic manipulation? Well, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad that he is gone, and... No, that's the end of that thought. Yeah, no, that this deserves no farther thinking about. She takes your mask off of you and puts it in your pocket as she kisses you. I don't think that deserves a reward kiss, but I'll take it. No, you were very brave in fighting the big scary men and also the warthog and also that weird guy. Also, hey, did you happen to catch like where he was from? Because I didn't. I think he was from and then Foghorn sounds. For some oh, reason. Oh, he's from Interruptia. <laughs> okay, that's now a canon place that exists in the universe. Nope. Interruptia. 
where anytime someone says the name of it, something happens to interrupt the name of it. <laughs> Nobody actually knows the name of it. Even if you try to write it down, like your pen will slip or your paper will fly at your hand. So it's just... Your phone it's a weird, mysteriously run out of energy. It's, some, it's, it's really weird and everybody just rolls with it. It's undefined land. It's welcome to... <laughs> Going back to Halcyon. What's the plan? Other By two. which you mean going back to Nevada. Yes, going back to Nevada, correct. Robin and Nikolai appear in the bunker. It is entirely possible that we have, in fact, been bugged. Yep. Take the mask off and massage my forehead. you talk to my dad in the base? We did hold a brief conversation. I have also recruited several other members or discussed their recruitment while in the base. Yeah, well, I only really care about one of those people, probably. Well, they're all really good at going to ground, so as soon as we're done here, I'm going to call them. I'm going to proceed as planned. However, I am going to present the impression that the mission is undergoing difficulties and delays while at the base. Sure. Uh, I want this done as soon as possible. I want all of this done as soon as possible. I, who's our last one? Disjoin? That is correct. Find them, either get them on board or don't. I want the Bureau turn apart, and then... Fuck, we're still waiting on things from people. We're still waiting on the device from Pulaski. We're still waiting on Cassidy to tell me where the goddamn base is. As soon as we have those, and as soon as we've torn the Bureau apart, I want to move in on the Defense League. Understood. You should probably be the one to inform Felix. Your communicating with him outside of the base would appear more likely. Inform him of what? The bug. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, speaking of, what time is it? Put the mask back on. What time is it? Um, very early morning. Okay. He wouldn't have a reason to be back yet. No. Uh, okay. Still got, still got plenty of time before he comes back. I don't know. He didn't actually tell me what time he was coming back. Um, was there a particular reason you had me bring us here? Just like a security thing, or was there something specific? To discuss the bug. Okay. And what our 
affectation will be while in the base moving forward. I believe it will be to our advantage to bluff rather than destroy. I mean, sure. Um, I, well, okay, I'm not going to make any assumptions at this point. Uh, was there anything else? Would I be aware, you know, conversation logs and everything, of uh, all the other sensitive information we've discussed while on the base? Uh, yeah. We have discussed... Arlen being alive in the base. We have discussed my plan to use the Bureau's computers in conjunction with the teleporter prototype to track uh, the Defense League. Uh, depending on when these bugs landed, we have discussed knowing Gary is a clone and that it was Archibald doing the cloning. We have discussed our suspicions of Archibald in the base. All right, then I would say in character, I bring all of this up and say, we must assume that all of this information is compromised. Okay. Second we're out of here, then. Okay, no. I'm calling my family first, and then I'm calling Pulaski to make sure she's moved Arlen. Just kind of subconsciously reach over and grab my prosthetic shoulder. We should also discuss how we wish these artificial plot lines to move forward while in the base. They must be plausible and yet also to some extent beneficial to our enemies. Or so they would believe if they were true. I mean, I'll, I'll play along with whatever you come up with, but right now I'm... I don't really have the headspace for that. I just need to find out where Disjoin is. That's that's all I care about right now. Wouldn't I have been researching where Disjoin is? Yes, you would. They are currently, as far as you can tell, in Santa Rita, which is for people who are not on the Discord and have not heard me talk about it endlessly for the last couple of weeks, uh, is this universe's version of San Francisco. You do not need to locate Disjoin. In fact, if you would send me directly to Santa Rita, at the coordinates I specify, I will be able to move things along more adroitly. Here, here's the thing. You know that Disjoin is in Santa Rita. You don't know where in Santa Rita. Yeah, I imagine the resources to find them in Santa Rita are much more robust. Yes. Alright, um, I have, aside from the phone calls I need to make, exactly one other thing to do right now. And it can, it can wait. Do you need a hand tracking them down? I do not believe that will be necessary. However, if I do require assistance, I will call. Alright. As for right now, I suggest that you update Felix while in the base about how entirely uncooperative the Mad Magpie was. Sure. I can do that, yeah. 
Thank you. Uh, I'll see you when I see you. Uh, anything else? If I come up with additional plot elements to consider, I will use the encrypted line. I will have it up on my HUD. Then that is all. Alright, see you when I see you. Calculator, give me Santa Rita. Calculating? Here you go! Thanks. Put zero in Santa Rita. Step out of the bunker's Faraday cage. I'm calling Professor Gears. Ah, Robin! Hello! Wonderful to hear with you. You okay. need to go to ground now. Understood. Can you explain why? You already hear him moving and getting ready to go, but he's just wondering if you can at least tell. Your participation is almost certainly known. A lot of German cursing. I don't know if Robin speaks fluent German, but you have at least picked up the curse words. And you can Robin tell- Robin used to be conversational. They are not anymore. But you still remember the curse words and man is gears cursing up a storm right now. Understood. All right. I will get in touch with everybody else. Let me know if you need any help moving anything. Will do. I will talk to you later. And then he hangs up. I call Pulaski. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, I was just about to call you. I've got... Where are you? Um, I'm talking to Mason in the, uh, in the headquarters. I am at the front door of the headquarters. Okay. She then tells you which floor, and you are allowed up that up that way. Right. And when you get up there, you do in fact see uh, Polaski, and also a man who definitely does not dress DHEA standard. He has like the standard like pants, but the boots are different. He's wearing some sort of like leather bike jacket over his armor. He's got an eye patch. His face is all scarred up. Um, short blonde hair, goatee, wearing like these clawed gloves, and sort of like just toying with an apple. And he goes, "Oh, you must be Robin Stein, or I've heard so much about." I ignore him for a moment. I think that just worked. Is there easily accessible paper and pencil in this room? We will say yes. Okay. As he is, you know, calling attention to himself, I, you know, mask is off by this point, looking around the room, find it, pop it over to me, ignoring him completely while I'm writing this note, tear it off, fold it up, hand it to Pulowski. She reads it and... Mason, for his part, is not nosy. He does not read over her shoulder. What does it say? Petal knows Arlen's alive. Move him now. She nods at that, and Mason goes, <clears throat> You must be Robin Steiner. I've heard so much about. Yes, I am Robin Steiner that you've heard so much about. I see that you're currently busy. Um... I would, however, at some point when you are more able to speak, 
go with you over the events that happened late Thursday night into Friday morning. Turn to Plosky. How are we doing on the acquisition? I was just about to call you about it. Uh, yeah, we can. I, I got it. I just need to finish my meeting with Matthew here. Do you, do you have it here, or is it there? Uh, I have it here. Uh, Matt, can you hold on just one moment? Fine by me. I'll wait for as long as you need. And she leads you into her office and takes it out and slides it over to you. Pick it up. Mask on. Calculator, give me Rainier's desk. Calculating? Here you go. Thank you. I put it on his desk. No explanation. I will brief him in person shortly. All right. Somewhere along the line, a very confused super scientist is like wondering why this thing just appeared on his desk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's it for now. I guess I have to go talk to this guy. You don't have to. He's still conducting investigations here. Um, he'll probably want to talk to you at your base if... I mean, he'll, he'll tell you the details. I don't know why I'm speaking for him. We will not be discussing anything at my base. I mean, you're going to have to tell him that. Okay. I turn around and leave the room. All right. He goes, I'm still touching up things here. Uh, is there a specific place and time I can find you later so that I might conduct my investigation? I would also like to speak with the rest of your teammates, as it were, about the, that night as well. Everybody else is unavailable. The best time for me is here and now. Very well. Do you mind if I record this conversation? It's much easier than taking notes. Do you have a physical recording device? I do. Hand it to me. I hold out my hand. He hands it to you. It's just like a little, like, recording device that reporters used to use. It's fairly compacted, single-use thing. I will turn this on and off as I see fit. Very well. That's... I cannot admit any forced evidence anyhow. So, give me your version of what happened that night. Woke up in the middle of the night to our system alerting us to the explosion. I moved us on site. We encountered pedal operatives, engaged them. I prioritized rescue efforts. All right. Were you the one who extracted Bradford Arden out of the building? Yes. Are you aware of his current condition? No. The DHEA is going to announce today that he died on site. And that will be our official stance on everything. As opposed to? As opposed to nothing. Bradford Island died. I turned the recording device off. 
Bradford Island is alive. I just don't want to, anybody to get into that just in case. Turn it back on. Is there anything else you can tell me about that night? Perhaps since your teammates are currently unavailable, do you know their reactions and what they did that night? I have not had time to debrief with them. Very well. One final question. Do you know the location of Gary Archer, a.k.a. Megalaya? I would very much like to talk to him. Hmm, how well can I keep the fact that I know exactly what he's talking about off my face? <laughs> uh, that's a deception roll versus his empathy. Keep in mind, he is very good at yeah, investigating shit. So, so uh, he actually has... Oh, wait, no, I did not give him an empathy score. Okay, so you're, uh, <laughs> you're going against a flat roll here. All right, cool. I just want to double check that real quick. I rolled neutral, so I'm currently at a three. All right. It's the only way he can tell is that he rolls all pluses and nope, 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 God, no. I could spend my only fate point to bring it up to a tie. I'm not going to. I, I rolled like dog shit. Seems wise. Yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't get anything off of your uh, face anyway. Okay. Um, okay, so... Honest answers only so far. Let's keep it up. I don't know his present location. I do know where he's sleeping. Can you give me that information, please? He's thrown in with the Second Chance Society. Ah, uh, okay. Well... If you do happen to find his exact whereabouts at any given point, please do not hesitate to call me. Here is my number, and he hands you a business card. Take it. Mask on. Calculator. Address book. It was a pleasure talking to you, Robinstein. Mask off. I'm glad to hear it. Unless you have anything, I believe I'm done with my line of questions. Recorder off. What's your game here? Megalad is currently our prime suspect for the assault of the regional director. Now, granted, there are quite a few supers who do have a ability to create beams of energy out of nowhere, but none match the current height, width, weight, accent. The voice disguise was a good trick, but should have thrown another different accent in there, so he's suspecting Uno right now. I very do wish to arrest him for hurting my people. And now I have to make a decision. 
do I bring these people in on the ruse? No, I don't, because I'm mad at him. He contributed to the event that almost got my dear friend killed. So I nod in understanding, and then ask again. And how about the greater game? You know Ireland's alive. But in no condition to lead. There's going to be an emergency meeting of, of Congress on Monday. They're going to be voting for the new director, and the list is very short. I'm expected to win. You are very much talking to what is most likely the next director of the DHEA. And what happens when Ireland's up and running again? I remain the director of the DHEA. He has to stay on the down low while Peedle's around, and by then, let's just say that he wasn't even keen to take the job in the first place a certain young someone convinced him to do so otherwise and I'm sure he's very keen to pass the book to somebody else my posture's been kind of slumped this whole time mm -hmm. I straighten out And I, like, properly look him in the eye for the first time. Focus all the... divine chaos behind it on him. He's got wonderful baby blue. I've been working very hard for the last half decade. On a very difficult project. So I want to make it clear. That if you do take over... And if you stay in charge, and you get in my way, no one will save you. I don't see getting in your way, but I do see some changes that need to happen around here. I'm never going to let something like this happen again. As far as I'm concerned, Peter's done. They just don't know it yet. Oh, that's lovely. We just met and we already have so much in common. Glad to hear it. We'll be in touch, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. After all, you've been pretty buddy-buddy with the two of the last three directors, and from what I can tell, one before Arlen, he had a pretty big say in why he resigned as well. You can say that. Alright. Nod at him. Nods back. Pulaski. Steiner. And I leave. On the way out, I am texting Wesley Calvert. Okay. What are you texting him? Need a meeting with Rainer. Need to fight you properly. 
You get a response in which order? Listed. Very well. And then a couple minutes later, Rainer is expecting you. I'm going to Silver Security. So then, at this point, we'll go over to Zero. Zero! Welcome to Santa Rita. Basically, just picture San Francisco. It's San Francisco. You've got Santa Rita. You've got the uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. You've got the Santa Rita Bay. Downtown is mostly like sort of white steel-ish colored with a couple of black buildings interspersed. The deal with Santa Rita currently is it is becoming quickly a new hotspot for super activity because as it turns out you can't make a famous name for yourself in Halcyon anymore just by doing super deeds. It has to be way more complex than that and so that's driven a good chunk of heroes out of Halcyon and into Santa Rita and the mayor fucking hates it. The DHEA is not equipped to deal with the new influx of supers. Collateral damage lasts a lot longer and is a lot more impactful. And Silver Security basically has no presence here at the moment. Like, they, they're still working out details with the city to get a building even started to be constructed. So, uh, it's tough going for the city right now, and you are now currently adding to the problem. What do you do? Explode. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that was your plan all along. Well, essentially, uh, what I would like to do is find the closest thing to a superhero team. Official superhero team. And ask them about Disjoin's last known location. So, superhero teams are hard to find. Most are concerned about making a name for themselves. But you do find out that the person who has made the biggest name for themselves so far is a person named Checkmate. You've heard of Checkmate before, actually, because they used to be in Halcyon City. They were based in Halcyon City. They were always a C-lister there, but ever since they moved to Santa Rita, their ability to be recognized as like a top tier superhero has skyrocketed and he's easy enough to find like you just need to find like the busiest current crime fighting thing going on and uh there he is and they are very tall very muscular they are built like a bodybuilder and not not a strong man they, they don't have the gut. They, they are built like a bodybuilder. And their suit is just basically very tight-fitting spandex. Their facial features are completely covered. And it is split into quarters, opposite sides on the top left and bottom right black. And then on the opposite sides are white, like a chessboard, essentially. And he's currently stopping really low-level crime. There's, there's somebody like robbing a convenience store and he's just like chucks one out the window and they collapse in a heap and he steps out uh what is happening to the 
perp at this point. Like, yeah. I'm just sort of floating and observing for the moment. They're currently just like slumped on the ground. They seem to be conscious. They're not like bleeding out or anything, but uh, Checkmate is standing there and just waiting for the police to arrive. All right, with the action completed, I will float down. And uh, considering my fame level, I will just sort of get right into it. Uh, Checkmate, if you do not mind, I'm in need of assistance. He looks you up and down and goes, Look at you. I came to the city to get away from guys like you. <laughs> uh, what do you need? Well, I am on the tail of someone nefarious, but unfortunately at the moment I don't know exactly where to find them aside from in this city. Who are you looking for? When was the last time you heard from Disjoin? <clears throat> Disjoin. It's been a while. I I haven't really heard anything about her. I think she's currently laying low. She might have gotten paid real well for a job that she might have done recently, or maybe she's just moved on to a different city and your intel's bad. I'm not the kind of person who looks for people, but, um... Well, just something to get me under the right trail, that's all I need. thing is, I'm more of the, uh, the kind of person to react to things. I'm not really the go-and-find-them type of deal, but I can tell you there are a couple people in the city who are capable of doing that. It's your best two options one above board the other one not so much well, which of the two is more likely to have the answer he thinks and goes honestly I think Paul Rudiger would be faster but um Rudiger's not exactly what we call uh stranger friendly they call him the gentleman he owns the construction company which usually under the microscope for illicit activities smuggling money laundering the, the works he might have something for you if you don't want to be indebted to a potential criminal though there is this guy that uh recently opened up some sort of Detective agency. I just know him by the name of Big Brother. Well, thanks for the information, checkmate. And, uh, look down. I think they're trying to crawl away. Uh, no, no, you come back here. Grabs him by the ankle and just starts, like, yanks him over. And it's at that point you hear uh, the police sirens coming up, and he goes, Oh, well, there's your ride, bud. <laughs> Well, in any case, I'd say uh, thanks for the information, and I believe I should be moving along. He gives you one last salute as you leave. And away I go. So, which of the two are you going for? I think I'll go straight for Big Brother first. Alright. It's easy enough to find Big Brother. He has 
a billboard around and you can like look him up on the internet and he's got his office address listed and it's in a relatively less well-to-do part of town it's not so bad that like you can't walk down the street without feeling safe but it is bad enough where like you wouldn't go at night alone and he's in a small office building and when you get there it's like a very small plaque written with like handwriting on there doesn't seem like he can afford to get a engraved one yet that says big brother private eye I knock doors open I enter and when you enter you see a person very thin very wiry built wearing dark camouflage colors and also has this helmet on that sort of looks like a big single mechanical eye with like a glowing core and hanging up on a hook in his office is also a red trench coat of sorts and he immediately pulls out an invoice and he goes okay uh, who's your significant other and where do you suspect they're going to see the person that they're cheating with Big brother, I require a different sort of assistance. Lost item? Hello? Wait, am I getting an actual job? Yes. Uh, okay, um, hold on a second. Uh, and he just quickly grabs the invoice and just like shoves it in a drawer and starts clearing his desk and making it look more presentable. And he's like, mm, okay, all right, lay it on me. I am searching for a supervillain to talk. Their super name is Disjoin. Okay, um, Disjoin, Disjoin. Uh, gets up, moves over to a filing cabinet, starts like going through it. It's very sparse. It's mostly just like files of known supers with very little actual paperwork inside. And uh, he pulls out Disjoin's file and opens it up and it's like, yeah, just okay. one, one quick question. Mm. As he's hunting around, I, I want to look around. Is there on any of the walls one of those cork boards covered in red yarn? No, he's not working on a case important enough yet to necessitate that. You are his first big case. All right. Just all right. Um. So disjoin. Uh. Splits up. Female presenting orange and purple okay um yeah so you need to talk um i charge by the hour is that all right funding will not be an issue cool glad to hear that uh, uh you can like you're not super well versed in reading tones of voice but you can definitely tell big brother is probably behind on rent all right um yeah okay i'll search around see what i can find what is your contact information i provide it and as i'm doing so i will just happen to mention that uh, i have also been informed that the gentleman might also be a source of information. Oh, the gentleman. Oh, okay. 
all right. Um, if you go to him, prepare to do need to do a favor. I certainly am when I inevitably have to go to him. Don't trust the friendly facade. It's just that a facade. And um, be very careful about what you agree to. Understood. Is he amenable in your experience to alternative forms of persuasion? From what I hear, he's usually the one doing that. Indeed. However, I am a robot. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I never met the guy in person. I just hear stories. He's apparently even less happy about the whole superhero thing than the mayor is. It's uh, it's encroaching on his ability to do business, and business is done with the finger quotes. Well, my thought is that rather than negotiating a deal to his advantage. I could propose a deal to him that would avoid his disadvantage by getting me out of Santa Rita as fast as possible. I mean, you can try. I'll give my honest shot. I'll give my 100%. If time is an issue, then yeah, go to the gentleman. But if you're willing to wait a day or two, I'll find this joint. I might not have had a good break yet, but I promise you, I am good at my job. Perhaps you are mistaking my intentions of bringing this information up. I am requesting whether or not you are willing to assist me in using the gentleman as an information source. Oh... Okay. Yeah, I'll go with you. Give me one second. He grabs his trench coat, puts it on, grabs a scarf out of a closet and wraps that around him and puts like a little hat thing on so that way the eye is a little less helmet looking and a little more like it's a fit robot face. And then he also reaches under his desk, pulls out a pistol and tucks it away in a way that is fully concealed. If I may ask, what are the capabilities of your helmet? X-ray, thermal... Uh, he goes through a bunch of like different sorts of visions that he can see through. And then he goes, uh, it also has recording, zoom, noise cancellation, uh, if need be. It also prevents me from being suddenly like flashbanged and stuff. It's Real good. Just um, just don't let people get it wet or electric did or um, electrified. Or, yes. Or uh, or too hot or too cold or it's real sensitive is what I'm saying. Noted. All right. Um, I believe the only question I have at this point is, do you know what the gentleman values most? Respect, I think. That's what I've heard. I see. However, I was asking more about what properties 
he values most? Hmm. I don't know. I've, like I said, I've never met the guy. Then let us endeavor to find out. Let's. So, Mega Lad. Hi, I'm Mega Lad. Hi, it's me, Mega Lad. When you get back to Halcyon, you are informed through a secondary channel that you are wanted at the new base, and they give you a set of coordinates that uh, lead somewhere in the no- northern parts of Yukon, like the parts where people can't really live in. Oh, yes, Yukon. It's a province in Canada. Oh, yes, Canada. <laughs> it's a place on Earth. Hmm. Like, if you can picture the map and you see Alaska and the United States, Yukon is that little bit in between, really. Okay, so it's Canada. Got it. Um, let's yeah, go. It's, it's really far north Canada. So, yeah, with your teleportation device, you are zapped to maybe an old steel mill of some sort or something like that. The, all this stuff has long been rusted over. There's nothing moving going on. Basically, imagine Joker's base in Arkham City, but without any of like the Joker-fied stuff. It's just a steel mill. Okay. The steel mill's been unjokerified. To him, it is a crazy straw. Yeah, this uh, steel mill is no longer funny. Got it. You're directed to the main office where A, B, and C are all there. And A goes, We have a new mission. China has recently unveiled a new ship. And he shows you like a picture. It looks like a, some sort of VTOL ship capable of both flight and sea travel. And apparently can also submerge. God. We want it. A single mobile base will be harder to track than lots of little, frankly, unsustainable bases that we have to burn at a moment's notice. You'll be working with Ian L again, but this time you'll have a much larger squadron with you. It is imperative that nobody on that ship remains alive. Do I make myself clear, M? Yes. Good. Because, from what I can tell, you fucked up majorly letting Herja live. It would seem that E fucked up more majorly letting Bradford live. E at least attempted to kill. And also... E has not been easily identified. My sources in the DHEA tell me that you are pretty much the only suspect for disposing of Herja. And the minute she wakes up, she's going to be able to point fingers at you. You should have killed her when you had the chance. So, this time, 
You do not send messages about our strength by letting our enemies survive. You shoot to kill. And if you don't shoot to kill, we will get someone who will. And believe you and me, out of everyone here, you are the most replaceable. Do I make myself crystal clear? Yes. That sounded like there was a bit of hesitation and questioning. So I'm going to put it in a different way. And when I ask if it's clear, if I hear that again, then I will ask in another way until it becomes clear. If you do not kill people on that ship, then you yourself will be killed. Do I make myself clear? Yes. Good. Now get out. You have a job to do. So then, Sundog, I believe mm-hmm. it is the point where you two are uh, packing up to head back to Halcyon. Is it? I thought it, they were going to be gone all three days. Oh, was were they going to be gone all three? I don't have I don't I, know. anything else planned. You said it was going to be a three-day thing. Oh, uh, I did. Make so, some shit up, motherfucker. <laughs> no, this is your shit. <laughs> what do you do? You make some shit up. Go on. Uh, we ski. It's nice. Okay. <laughs> Nothing stupid happens. We have a nice goddamn vacation. And no of... stupid superhero shit happens to interrupt it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will... I will inject a little bit of event having here. Sometime in the middle of the day, you get a text message from Robin that's just ETA question mark. How urgent question mark. You made it sound like this was a one day thing. It feels like you're late getting back. I legitimately don't remember if this was a one day thing or not. So it, it's a three-day thing, but Colin said Tiffany kind of sprang that on you while you were heading up. Yeah, because it didn't make much sense to drive three hours one way and then ski for 20 minutes and then drive three hours back. I mean, we stayed overnight. That was going to be a thing, but... Yeah. But, like, we're, we're getting to the point of where we're a day and a half, and I was expecting a day, so I'm just asking what's going on. I feel like I would have texted that at some point. Like Tiffany had sprung that we're going to be up here for three days on me. Actually, I don't think that's like a cool thing to do is to spring. Okay, well, hey, I- we're actually going to be here for three days. Because like I have, uh, you know, college and all sorts of things. I don't think that's a thing you can do to somebody. It's a weekend. You don't have college on Saturday or Sunday. I, yeah. But still, like, not a fun thing to spring on someone. Actually, we're going to be staying there longer. Hope you didn't have anything else you were doing. Well, if she, if you had plans and you told her, she would have been like, oh, okay. And then been like, and like, well, I guess I just wasted like a day's worth of money, but whatever. I'm irrationally wealthy. It doesn't actually affect me. Yeah. 
she would have been amenable to not spending as much time as she had paid for, at least. Hmm. All right, let's say we compromised on doing a half day and we're heading back so that we get there, like, a uh, little after dinner, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay, there we go. All right, so that'll be the response you send to me is sometime after dinner. I can give like a rough actual time frame other than one din din time. <laughs> you know, I have a watch here. It has um, it has breakfast, lunch, din din, and sleep. Those are the four hey. things on my watch. <laughs> Same unironically. I would pay money for actually that watch. that'd be like a Hobbit watch. <laughs> just like <laughs> a Hobbit watch would have way more than just six, <laughs> like eight different meals and then eight hours of sleep. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you can give a rough estimate on, like, how long it would be, because it was, like, a three-hour trip on the way up. So, yeah. All right. And a rough ETA is given in response. Okay. I just replied with noted. Everything good? Question mark. Hmm. How do I respond to that one? Oh, there's a good chance that this line might be monitored, so I can lie over the line and then tell him the truth. Hitting obstacles. Trying to get around them. Hmm. Back as soon as possible. Smiley face. I don't respond. Doom scrolling Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Twitter probably doesn't exist anymore. In this universe. <laughs> Doom scrolling blue sky. <laughs> Doom scrolling Mastodon. So yeah, like we can just skip over the three hour trip back unless like you're obviously worried about stuff, so Tiffany would ask about that. And I'm always worried about stuff. True, being worried about stuff is your default state. Uh it's just like a whole heck of a lot. It's just we're spending a lot of plates right now. And I really wish I could have, could have stayed the whole three days up here, just ignored the rest of the world for a while. Yeah, that would have been nice, but unfortunately, that's not the way the world works. That's not the reality we live in. This was actually really nice, aside from the whole thing with dollar store Steve Irwin there. <laughs> uh bargain bin Richard Attenborough. I, I don't I don't know enough animal handling people to join in on this. I wish I did, because I really want to. I don't really know a lot of animal handling people either. Okay, well. Yeah. It's weird. Sense. I'm looking up I'm looking up on like, he doesn't have a Wikipedia entry or anything. I'm not actually finding anything about this dude. Do you think that might have been his first attempt? Oh my god, that's so sad. That's just... I didn't even give him, like, a decent thromping. I just kind of, like, pushed him away until he stopped. To be fair, he did get a couple good licks on you. So, like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he feels super good about being able to say that he got to punch. 
I don't know. I don't think he he hit me. I think the little the, the animal guys hit. Oh me. yeah, I don't think he did. actually. No, he had the whip and he. I just he didn't get to use it. I just tied him up with it, and he he drove a warthog up a mountain. I think the whip might have just been for aesthetics. Don't think he actually knew how to use it because he did not like crack it or anything. He just kind of like held it menacingly. This is the level of conversation you have on the entire trip back. It's like he runs into a big name superhero on their off day, like literally on their off day, like their vacation. And they're just just it's, just, it's not even like a news story. It doesn't even it's not even newsworthy. It's like local idiot runs into brick wall. Yeah, I'm looking like I looked for stuff on the news about it. It, it wasn't even on there. You'd think, but it wasn't. Uh, I, I kind of feel bad for him, except I really don't. You think he'll open up a sandwich shop? No, <laughs> no, I think he's going to jail forever. Well, not forever. I mean, he, not forever. Uh, it's attempted robbery. He committed what is it? I guess petty larceny. He attempted to take hostages, but I don't think anybody actually took him seriously. There's a couple of us that took him seriously, but uh, yeah. what the hyena guy broke that desk. That desk was probably worth some money, so yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the hyena guy. I don't think he got away. Yeah, he's an accomplice. True. So it's gonna stick to him because That's unless true. they catch the hyena, they'll just pin it to him. So. I guess that I makes. I did hear that they found the warthog at least. Oh, okay, cool. So is it like? So what is the deal with that? I, I think you were right. I think it was like some weird like crossbreed thing. Where do you think he even got it? I don't know or care. Did he make it himself? Did he steal it from a lab? You're asking a lot of questions. I. We have a three-hour car. Wait, <laughs> hold on. We have an hour and a half left of the car ride. <laughs> All right, we're going to skip ahead. Unless you want to play I Spy for another half hour. <laughs> and it's going to be uh, something white and needly. Anyway. It's a pine tree covered in snow, which is all that's out here right now. <laughs> anyway, an hour and a half goes by. She drops you off at the base. I had... A lot of fun. I actually did, aside from the uh, not the part we're not going to mention yes, anymore. Yes, yes. Uh, so I'll let's 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 try to like set aside a better time and go somewhere. Where there's no weird guys running around on pigs in spandex. And just actually have a time. I'll look into it. I'm just gonna sort out my business before we all do before we do this. Yeah. Uh, don't don't forget this. And she hands you that um glass dog that she commissioned. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I did have a really good time. So did I. I'd really like to do something like this again soon. And uh, she gives you a kiss before she kiss, heads kiss. on off. And now you're at the base. Now I'm at the base. Ah, okay, what's up, everybody? So first of all, 
Does anybody know of a weird purple spandex guy named the Beastmaster? Reagan goes, you know, I was up with you saying, I was like, be like, I know like five of them. And then you said the Beastmaster and now my mind's just gone completely blank. I could not find him in any, in anything, in any database, anything that I have access to. Uh, anyway, long story short, um, some moron tried to hold up the ski resort and I beat him up. And Me. it's non issue. Anyway, I am back now. I had a pretty good time. Where is everybody else? Um, Zero is in Santa Rita. Okay. And I'm not sure where Switch is. Cool. So I'm going to text Switch. Back at base. I have no idea how the chronology lines up. Cool. Because it's been three hours. I... Oh, assume it's, yeah. I, I'm assuming at some point we'll like jump back and I'll do all my business at Silver Security yes. and let's also Angelo will call me at some point. Yeah, hey, check out that. this little glass dog my girlfriend got me. Oh, that's cool. It is. I'm going to put it somewhere. Actually, I'm going to bring it home. I'm not going to leave it here because this place guy not does. Somebody puts a hole in this place at least once a month. So, switch. Rewinding the clock a little bit. Stupid conversation. Hey, is Luca there, by the way? Yes, he he is there. Okay. Anyway, Rainier Alton lets you into his office. He is wearing big gray trench coat. He's upgraded his eyes in the time skip because I don't think we've seen the Cobalt King since the time skip. Definitely not. Yeah, but um, his eyes, they still have, like, that orange and blue, like, tint to them that definitely pegged them as robotic of some sort. But they actually look like eyes now. As opposed to just, like, Neat. like little glass things that he's connected to. He's still a brain in the jar, essentially, but... He's upgraded the jar. Yes, he's upgraded the jar a little bit. Um, and he goes, Hello, Robin. How are you today? Busy. Aren't we all? Did you get my package? I did. I'm not quite sure why you sent it, but I did. That's a prototype of a teleportation device. We are going to be plugging it into... Well, what I need from you is... Uh, there are people we are hunting who are using presumably the completed version of it. I need you to get the teleportation methodology out of it and make some kind of device, I don't know, hard drive, USB pen, whatever you can whip up for us, that we could plug into a computer that tracks space-time distortions so that we can track their use of the completed product globally. That will take some time, but I will get on it. You have an estimate? 
No, unfortunately. I will have a better estimate when I am more familiar with his capabilities. But until then, I cannot give you one in good conscience. All right. Uh, ASAP, if you need any help, any other materials, let me know. I'll make it happen. This is very high priority for me. I will do what I can. I'm working on several other projects, and unfortunately, as much as I would like to help you as soon as possible, you do not sign my paychecks. Yeah, well, I'm going to go talk to the guy who does, so maybe I can get him to shuffle your workload. Perhaps. Good seeing you. Thanks again. Good seeing you as well, Switch. I'm going to go find the Wesley Calvert. He's in his office, as usual. As usual. And he does not... He's in the suit. And he does not mm. take it off because you said you need a real fight this time. Yep. I open the door and then knock on it and just, like, put my head in the room. You ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Gets up. Starts walking towards you. Head to the elevator. We're going to the training hall floor. Alright. In the elevator, I'm gonna ask, any way I can convince you to shuffle Rainier's priorities? Depends on the priorities and depends on what you need. I give him a teleporter that I need him to figure out. We're gonna use it to track down Petal when they eventually start running away from us. He thinks for a minute. I can put it at number three. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Alright. It's the best you can do, the best you can do. I just need it done as soon as possible. I don't want to give these people any more time than they already have. And then at that point, the uh, the elevator doors open and he steps into the practice ring. He waits for you. Come in, do some stretches, warm up, uh, have calculator give me my workout outfit. All right. I've developed a fighting style to deal with people with Arundium armor and you have that plus so you're the best one to test it out on properly very well I'm going to hit you as hard as I can you're going to try at least alright well, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to use Blast to create an advantage. I want to pre-bake a bunch of phantom bullets. Okay. Difficulty four. Alright, just had to roll even. I don't roll even. Uh, I'll spend a fate point here. Okay. Just uh, invoke my newly renamed aspect, Practiced Dimensional Technician. This is a practiced motion for me. I've done it many times. So I have the uh, 
muscle memory is the wrong word because there's no muscle involved, but same idea. Yeah. All right. So I get one free invoke on that. I'll just keep that in my head. Uh, I'm not going to use it right away, though. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to fucking hit him. So, the way that that's gonna look. Interesting thing about human vision. Um, it kind of sucks. We don't actually see, like, half the shit we think we do. A lot of it is our brain just, like, projecting images onto itself based on what it's predicting to be there. It's because we don't see and think fast enough. There, there's that. There's a difference between them. Uh, have, have you ever had the experience of there being like a housefly in your room and you're yes. following it with your eyes and then suddenly it disappears on you? Yeah. Yeah, that's because it changes direction so fast that it breaks the simulation your brain is doing. And so it just vanishes. Your brain completely loses track of it. So that's what I'm starting with. I'm, I'm doing the kind of like Bruce Lee like hop in place. And I'm kind of like going a little to the left, a little to the right, a little to the left, a little to the right. And then I use zero point. I drop super low, drop my mass super low, accelerate to like Mach 3, reinforce my body as I do, and then the moment I get up to him, I crank my mass through the roof, remove the protection from the palms of my hands, press them into his shins, and throw the whole weight up into it. All right. Go ahead and roll fight. If you want to talk about vision, if you accelerated that fast, you would be blind until you came out of it. Yeah, that's why I made sure to line up the shot first. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out which skill I Physique. want. Physique. I am hitting him way too fast for him to possibly be able to do anything about it. Fair enough. There's a species of tiger beetle that actually runs so fast that it's blind every time it runs and has to stop and look around before it starts again. He rolled flat. I also rolled flat. Uh, that's six versus five, so no, he doesn't. No, I want to hit him. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I want to hit him. Spending it again. All right, so he takes one physical stress box. Yeah, and uh, his experience is that for a, a fraction of a second, Robin completely disappears before him, and then he accelerates up into the ceiling back first. Alright. His legs are thrown out from under him and he goes up. Hits the ceiling and then is going to fall down and hit the ground. You think he's going to fall down and hit the ground. Instead, it seems like he hovers in the air for a second and then immediately starts rocketing towards you and he's going to swing as he's like coming down. He is mo also moving extremely fast. You're pretty sure that he sh shouldn't move that fast, and then uh, you realize that there's there's some stuff coming out from the soles of his boots. I knew he had upgrades. Yep, so he's going to roll... God, I can't roll mo anything more than... <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I'll take a he, hit. 
yeah, he slugs you for your first physical stress box. Alright. And since he's coming down so fast, he ends up tucking and rolling and then, like, landing on his feet and turning around to face you. Uh, by the time he has turned to face me, I am behind him, throwing the palms of my hands into his back to send him all the way across the room. All right, go ahead and roll fight again. This is, once again, I guess it's physique. Yep. Uh, this one is going to have to use the phantom bullet in order to make myself suddenly turn backwards and be moving in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. So I am at a minus one to use it. That's a five. I'll use my free invoke to get me to a seven. Um, I know where his blind spots are. I'll invoke our relationship. Spend a fate point. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure... So you have a mild consequence, right? Uh, it's emotional. I don't know if he could use that. It's also in recovery, so I don't know if the invoke is still there. Oh, true. The invoke is not still there. The problem is that if something else would fill that slot, it is full now. Yes. Yeah, so there's no free invoke on either of my consequences, because they're both healing. Alright. Well then. Second box. Hold on. Unless you're gonna... Uh, yeah, give me a second. I'm trying to... Yeah, second box. Alright. Yeah, he just goes rocketing face first across the room. Chest first, actually. Smashes into the wall. So, he smashes chest first into the wall, turns around, just points out his fist, and it rockets off and uh, starts zooming towards you. So, this is actually going to be using his shoot score, which is not great. Hmm. Why would you give yourself a rocket punch if your shoot score is bad? Because it's a rank. It's better than nothing. Oh dear. Um. The fist flies out the window. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm rolling swap. I'm just dodging by being in a different place. Okay. Um. It. It does fly back and reattach to his hand before you can do anything. I would like to, actually, because I succeeded with style on that defense, which would give me a boost. What I would like to do is I swap up to him, and I'm going to use a minor version of zero point on my fist and just, hey, Shisha, let's play bloody knuckles. His hand's exposed, right? Yeah. Fucking um, crack his knuckles with my own. Alright, I guess that's fight versus fight. I guess? See, if I were a physical fighter and I had to give myself some sort of robot arms, I would do extendo fists and then be like, suddenly the jab has twice the reach. Holy body shit. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you, you punch his knuckles and it hurts you. I'm not going to make you mark stress, but man has some powerful fists, even without suit. And it's at that point the arm comes back, and he just brings his head back and headbutts you, so that's going to be his attack. Okay, less good this time. Yeah. 
I'm gonna swap to the opposite side of the room. I Distance is good, I need a bit of run up for this technique right now, since I haven't perfectly perfected it. Hey, there you go. Hey, I rolled a 10. Lots of 10s today. All right, well, this is gonna be another phantom bullet, so it'll be at a minus one. Uh, zip in, and this time it's gonna be a kick. You know, he had to bend forward a bit in order to get the, the headbutt. So there's a there's a forward curve. Gonna catch the bottom of his ribcage on my shin. And again, I'm just into the ceiling with him is the goal. All right. What the fuck? What the fuck? I rolled a zero. That's all minuses. <laughs> Holy shit. You know what? I'll, I'll use the fucking boost that I had earlier to reroll that. That's considerably better. Yeah. But it's not all minuses. Yeah. So uh, he gets his third physical box marked. So as he's up there, this time he kind of just stays up there. And he's going to... Like, is he... It's stuck in the ceiling, or does he have some kind of float system going? He has a float system going, and he's just going to observe you for a little while. So I'm going to roll notice at difficulty... What's your athletics? Uh, one. I'm going to roll. Oh, OK. Um, I don't think he can fail this then. <laughs> the worst the worst he can do is tie it. So, uh, yeah, no, he doesn't tie it. He, he succeeds with style. Um, so he gets two free invokes on that. All right. He's just observing you and waiting. All right. Well, if he's going to stay up there, I am going to try something new. I'm going to see if I can use zero point, or at least a minor version of it, on something that isn't me. I'm going to use swap to cut a circular section out of the ceiling, mm -hmm. specifically the bit that he is jammed into, like a little bit above, so I don't get the Venterium armor. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to accelerate that section down. Okay, so you go ahead and roll swap. He is going to roll, I guess, physique on this. I roll a seven. He's going to use he both his five. He's going to use both his free invokes and uh, turn that into a nine. And before he slams into the ground, he just sort of rolls and hovers closer to the ground now. But the bit of ceiling slams into the ground and kicks up dust. And he is going to, once again, actually this time he's going to fly at you and try and like ram into you. So he's got his arms spread out a little bit and just going full force at you. So uh, that's fight. Okay. Not quite double digits. I think I'm gonna roll fight as well. It's a six. That's a six. Is this create an advantage or is he trying to hit me? He's trying to hit. Okay. Yeah, I'll mark my third box. All right. Yeah, he hit, he hits you. And you basically roll on the floor, and as you're on the floor, he just lands and uh, starts to turn around again. Well. As he passes over me, I'm transitioning into a donkey kick. Oh, uh, okay. Just gonna s accelerate. I, I don't really have a whole lot of room to accelerate down here, but I can make myself exceptionally heavy. 
so I'm still hitting him with not quite a gigantic amount of force, but it is a very hard hit, and I'm just donkey kick into his chest. All right, this one he can try and roll fight against, I believe, to counter that, because that is a move that he can counter with fighting skills. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, he very dodges. Yep. He succeeds with Sile, so that means he gets another boost, right? Yep. All right. So he lands, and as you try and donkey kick him, like he just slams you onto the ground, lands right next to you, and then grabs you by your collar, picks you up, and then tries to punch you right in the face. Tries tries to punch me in the face while he's holding me. Yes. So I can't swap out of it. Yep. Uh, you got to need a nine. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'll roll fight. I will try to twist in his grip. I also roll Ooh, a Holy shit! I'm spending my invoke. <laughs> Blar. Alright. Mark my second box. Alright. All my boxes are marked now. Okay, cool. Uh, it's still in his grip. I'm going to twist, kick, drive up the mass of my foot, and try and completely blow out his elbow. Like, I want to make his arm be bent the wrong way. All right. I think I can still roll fight to do that, because, like, he can see you moving to, to do this. I am accelerating. I do have enough room to accelerate the kick a bit. Okay, so I will still roll. Not a lot, but some. I, I will still roll physique then. All right. Ew. I roll a six. Yeah, I roll a four. Uh, that's his fourth box marked. You don't quite bend it the wrong way. The suit prevents that from happening this time. So he just raises his fist and punches you in the face again. Fucker. <laughs> um, same kind of move, but other foot for the fist that's coming in. I want to kick it up. All right. So yeah, so, you can go ahead and roll fight uh, against his fight. Roll and fight. I roll a six. So that moves you into mild condition, yes? Yeah. Um, mm, I actually have to eat three harm here, and I don't have room for that because mild can only do two. You're taking I... out. No, I could take an extreme consequence or spend a fate point. I'm going oh. to spend a fate point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He has definitely taught me how to deal with exactly this before. So I'm invoking yeah. the training he has done for me. Okay. What do you do now? Is he is he holding me by my clothes or does or is like his hand wrapped around my throat? He's holding you by the clothes. Hmm. Okay, can I just like trivially break my clothes with swap? You're gonna have to roll, though I don't know if is possible for you to fail a two, a difficulty two? Is it possible? Uh, six minus four, I could tie. Yeah, go, roll it. I roll an eight. Yeah, you, you succeed with style. Okay. Can I have a boost from that? Yeah, that's that's what succeeding with style does. Cool. Blink out of his vision, and then I am suddenly... Uh, you know what? I'm going to keep hammering that elbow. 
If I could just like take out one of his arms, that'd be pretty cool. Coming in with zero point. Uh, flying dive kick directly onto his elbow. Okay. I uh, do have to use Phantom Bullet on this one. I will uh, trade boost for boost. I'll put him off balance with the kick. Hold on, I have a fate point I can spend. I'll invoke um, Silver Security LLC because this is what he does for a living. So, right. so yep. turn it back into a 6v4. So yep. he, I spend my boost and nothing happens. Yep. And he basically sees you coming and at this point he grabs your legs and will... Uh, and he just basically rolls st- physique, right? There's no way he saw me coming. I just fucking bounce off his elbows. What happens? All right. But he does have good enough reflexes to just basically grab you and just slam you into the ground. So he's going to try and do that with fight. Hmm. All right. I can't use swap on him or myself, but I can use it on the ground. I am going to cut a chunk out of the ground such that if he wanted to hit me on it, he would have to overextend and fall in. Okay, go ahead and roll swap to defend against that then. I roll a six. You roll a six. I, I can eat a mild consequence. Oh, you can eat, you can eat a mild one? Okay. Yeah, I do have that one. All right. Uh, you don't do it in time. You basically are slammed into the ground mere milliseconds before you're able to do the swap. Minor head injury. Meaningful, but minor. Does he let go of me? No. Fucking guy, stop grabbing me. Well, you said it's a real fight. He's treating it like a real fight. He knows how to counter you. Uh, Sort of, he does. Sort of. You know what? I, I want to do that bit where I attack him with the walls again, but I want to hit him from three angles. Four. Behind, top, left and right. Just cut chunks out of all the walls. Slam them all into him at once. Okay. He's going to have to roll physique on that, because I don't think he can fight his way away from that. I roll a five. He rolls a six. God damn it. Um, I've got a fate point left. I could push him into consequences. You could. <laughs> uh, severe disadvantage due to the fact that I came in here with two consequences and he came in here with none. You are, of course, allowed to just lose at any point. I know, I know. Anytime before the dice hit the table, I can concede. Yes. Hmm. But you see, I am exceptionally mentally ill right now. I am in fight mode. I am in fight to kill mode. Had these dice gone better for me, I would. He would be a little afraid for his life at the moment. Oh well. Um. You know what? I will actually give him a consequence here. I'll spend my last fate point. All right. We'll say bruised. All right. Gonna assume he lets go of me. Yeah, at that point, like, you, you can't keep a hold of him like that. Roll out and away, back up, still hopping, start hopping side to side again. Just completely stone-faced, just an absolute mask. 
and at this point he starts to slide in trying to go low and then fakes going left and then ends up going right instead and swings his elbow to try and crunch into your skull. He, he's moving very fast. Seems like he's probably got his uh, thrusters helping him out with moving with the speed. So he's going to roll a uh, fight. I'm going to roll swap. I know how long his arms are. Wow, I still lose. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm taken out. Yeah, you you react a second too late. You see the faint to the left, and so you think he's actually going left. So you teleport right, and as you're teleporting right, you go right into the elbow. And you're knocked out. And then several hours later, you come to in the infirmary. And he's there waiting for you to wake up, and he goes... I will say that is the closest anyone's actually come to beating me since the armor a couple of years ago. I sit up in bed and I look mad. I breathe in, drop, air gap, take in a whole day's worth of energy. My skin turns blue for a moment before going back to my natural color. A droplet of blue light coalesces above my head, plinks on, and then a wave of lighter blue, almost minty energy, light swirls around me. I use refresh on myself, get rid of all the fatigue, if not all the injuries unplug myself from whatever monitoring system he's got me hooked up to turn in bed. Let's go. Round two. Still needs work. No. No. You almost died. I almost killed you. You need to rest. Later, I will entertain this, but not until you are healed. I don't have time for later. Tough. You remember what happened last time we had this kind of discussion? It seems to me that you can't get much worse right now. So, tough. It is not happening again. Not for a while. I get out of bed. What am I wearing right now? Training suit. Is my mask within? Yeah, your mask is within reach. He, he would have uh, brought that in. Pop that over into my hand. Just like before. Put it on. I can't get it from you. I'll get it elsewhere. Fine. But I'm not going to be the one who murders you. At least not for this. I leave. It's around this time you get the message from Sundog. What about Angelo? Oh yeah, Angelo. Um, you got a message while you were unconscious that uh, it is done. Cool. And also, um, 
if you check the email that you gave to Cassidy, it says, ran into a minor hitch, need a bit more time. Well, that'll be something I check up on the base, probably. No, actually, it's my mask is probably more secure than the base right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll check that. Uh, if Angelo is done with the analysis of the refraction mask, I'm going to go to his place and I'm going to tell him the form factor, which is that I want him to put all of the technology, all of the capabilities, all of the... everything that he pulled off of my mask and the refraction mask, I want him to put it into a blindfold. And I need the blindfold to be comfortable enough that I can wear it 24-7. They send a message and say, can do. We'll let you know when it's done. All right. I'm good to keep going. I don't know about anybody else in the room. It's like 30 minutes to midnight here. That sounds like a no. Yeah, I'm kind of getting there too, so... Next right. time. Um... Alright, Colin, end of session. Yeah, a uh, minor milestone for everybody. And uh, it's it's late for us, so I'm gonna kind of a near rush minor this. milestone. Thank you for listening, listeners. Thank you for playing, players. And we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. Good night.